welcome to the Splash Zone. I'm your host, Tim Hayward. So joining me in the studio today, and by studio, I mean whatever room we could find that no one was there and we threw a bunch of mics in. We have the crew from Harmony in the Home. You guys might have heard of this. This is a new ministry. So I brought Pastor Larry, who started Harmony in the Home, who brought his lovely wife. Since she's my mom, it was not hard to convince her, though I think I had to guilt her a little bit. We have the administrator, Jody Braddon, and Kelly Collins, who did the auction coordinator for the sport dinner that we just had that hopefully many of you guys attended. So thank you, everyone, for joining me. Good to be here. Yes. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Pastor Larry, let's start with you. So we have Harmony in the Home, where obviously you do marriages. So you've been doing that. That's been your passion for a long time. It was also fun being married by, you know, like when uh, I got married, Dad did the ceremony, and then we're actually now living there. So a lot of times I've been talking, like, all right, is this your marriage ministry hat? Is this your dad hat? What, uh, who am I talking to here today? So we have Harmony at Home. It's about marriages. Is this a, a ministry in Lake Point Community Church? That just an, Are we renaming the marriage ministry, or what is Harmony in the Home? The short answer to that is Harmony in the Home is a nonprofit organization that is independent from Lake Point. Um, it's been a, well, as you said, I, I do have a passion for, uh, for homes, both marriages and parenting, and have had that for years. Uh, every church that I've been a part of, uh, that's been a part of my job description. Worked with marriages, worked with parenting, um, and I can't even say for how long, but for a number of years, I've just had a desire on the inside of me to do something beyond just what I'm doing at the church that I'm a part of. Um, and so that was the idea behind Harmony in the Home. Uh, it actually physically got started working on it uh, March uh, a year ago when uh, I sat down with, with Pastor Bob and, and we were talking about it. And he, from day one, has been fully supportive of that uh interests that desire and has been doing everything that he can to to support it uh, but I got started in March and the in order to do a nonprofit you have to have uh, you have to be incorporated in the state of Michigan in order to be incorporated in the state of Michigan you have to have a board so one of the first things I did was to to get the board uh, assembled and uh, one of the first board members that I got, uh, Peg and I went out with Chuck and Jody Bratton for dinner one night, and I pitched the idea uh, for it and offered both of them a wonderful non-paying position, uh, but uh, Chuck on the board and, and Jody just in operations. Um, and it didn't take too long for them to, to come back with a, a yes from both of them. And then after that, uh, the next board member was uh, Jim Rowe, the uh, owner of uh, Treeside Counseling down in uh, Troy. Excuse me, not Troy, but Lake Orion. Um, And the three of us consisted of the board. And so uh, once we got the board, then we were able to get incorporated in the state of Michigan. And uh, that's worthy of another podcast 
uh, just some of the ins and outs of board meetings, how we got the came up with the name, because mm -hmm. I did not have it picked out going into it. Mm -hmm. And I had been struggling for years thinking of uh, what name I would call the ministry. And every time I came up with what sounded like a good name, somebody already was using it. Yeah, it was mm -hmm. fixmyspouse.com. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so, um, but I love the name Harmony in the Home. I cannot believe that no one else has been using that. Um, so I'm real happy with that. The next step in the process uh, was to apply for the 501c3 status with the IRS that would let us give tax-deductible receipts to everybody. That is a part of the, the, the board podcast because the, the mm -hmm. application itself is 33 pages from the IRS. Wow. By the time you get your accompanying documents, it probably was a 60-page document that we sent in and waited. It took them four and a half months to get back to us with it in January of uh, this year, 2018. We received that, that status. Um, but probably summer of uh, 2017 was when uh, I approached uh, Jody and said, um, I've got a date in mind in March of 2018 that I'd like to have a support dinner, uh, sort of like a kickoff event. Mm -hmm. And uh, she loved having that much time to work on it. Uh, and so um, we, we started formulating the, the team um, and started working on all of the ins and outs. Um, I wanted to, 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 to launch big. I, I told uh, Pastor Bob, Pastor Jesse, I said, if you guys are going to support this, I just want you to know that I'm jumping in with both feet. I'm going in deep. I, and so, you know, I, I thought who could help make it be as big a splash as possible. Um, that was one of the reasons why I invited um, the special MC that we had that night, Robin Sullivan. I mm -hmm. uh, did not realize when I was thinking of that that she had was no longer at WMUZ, but uh, turns out just missed that by a, a little over a year or so. Um, but uh, she and I used to go to the same church together when she first came into Michigan uh, back in the 1980s. And so we had that relationship, and I contacted her, and she was more than willing mm -hmm. to, to come and, and do that. Yeah, I remember being at an event a couple years ago, and dad's talking he's like oh excuse me i need to go talk Wait, to someone not a couple years ago it was about uh 15 years huh. ago you were a teenager I'm getting older so the years start compressing and then dad's like okay i'm just uh excuse me i gotta go talk to someone and he just walks over and talks to robin sullivan yes and that was and i and i came back from that conversation and saw the look on my son's face and said i just blew that <laughs> because he only knew her as WMUZ DJ, and mm -hmm. I knew her as a former church member. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we had her over for dinner when she first came okay. from uh, New England or wherever she came, over on that side of the country. Uh-huh. Yeah. Nice. So, that, so that was cool to get her. So, so mm -hmm. yeah, so you had the event. Yes. And then uh, how did the planning that event go? Was that? It was absolutely terrifying for me because <laughs> I've never done anything like that and so for me it was I equated it to planning kind of like a wedding okay. you're kind of planning that type of meal 
um, with about that many people, 150 people, maybe 200. We really didn't know. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was, it was kind of scary to try to put something like that together because this is a big deal. You want to go big. You want it to go right. And how do you do that and, and not let people know that you've never done this before? <laughs> <laughs> and when I'm looking at Jody being nervous, that makes it a little bit harder for me to be uh, confident and exuberant and say, we can do this because I'm just not used to seeing her in that uh, frame of mind. And the dinner was probably not as terrifying as when, no. when I heard the auction. Then I thought, oh, gosh, there's no way I can do that. I have no idea how to do I've never even been to an auction. I don't, I and, don't. And, and that's what you kept saying, and I heard over and over, I've never even been at an <laughs> event like this. Well, I'd been at a number of them, and, and I thought, this isn't that hard. Oh, my goodness. I was thought, thought of a line that my wife has used on me a lot. You can do this. You can do this. I mm -hmm. had to kept, keep telling myself that. We can do this. Okay. All right. I have mm -hmm. a good good head. You know, I have right. a good person who's, who <laughs> thinks we can do this. We can do this. And so. I think you were the one to suggest Kelly. Was I? I? Who was? I, I'm not sure. It was just phone a friend, come yeah. on and help. We'll, we'll give you the Can credit. Can you come to four meetings? That's all you need to do, and then we'll take it from there. I can give you the backstory on that because oh, um, because I don't remember. <laughs> there was a um, a day that uh, Peggy, Kelly, and Jody were at uh, Great Lakes uh, Athletic Club at the gym, and they had. Uh, had met there and they were in the, uh, the the cafe area and I was going to work out and then I, I knew they were going to be there and it was just one of those, I'll, I'll blame it on God, that uh, this idea just popped in my head. Well, why not see if Kelly would like to be added to the team and help out? And so uh, when I got to where the, the ladies were at and I said, Kelly, can I talk with you? You know, not privately, but on, on the side. And so we stepped over to another table, and I, that's when I pitched it. And she did say, well, what will this will entail? And I said, well, it's probably about we're four months away, and then we got monthly meetings. So, yeah, uh, other than that, it'll just be anything that you might choose to volunteer for. <laughs> and I jumped right in. And you did jump right in. And at one of those planning meetings, you said something along the lines of, I can take the auction and run with it. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> that was a weight off for me, for sure. Amen, because mm -hmm. I wasn't going to be able to serve all that food to all those people, but an auction is something that I'm familiar with, and I was amazed, frankly. I, the support um, for this new nonprofit, some people had never even heard of it before. What is it you're trying to do? And, and um, I just all of the items when they started showing up and I think we had 10 extra show up on that day. There was just this we did huge have a lot support. Extra. And I just, um, so thankful actually, because that was the part that I was most concerned about. I knew how to do an auction, but I wasn't sure were we going to have the items that we needed. Were we going to, yeah, I was concerned about would we have enough items and That's I was right. hoping that we'd get, uh, at least 20 
And I think our original number was 50, though, wasn't it? Like in one of our very first meetings. Well, I thought, yeah, oh but, gosh, but then, then reality set in, and uh, I thought, let's be more realistic. And, reality and I, meaning Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> and and then going into that night, we only had something like about, I mean, a week ahead of time, we had about 18, yeah, 15, 15 to 18-ish. Yeah, yeah. We got to about 28, 29, so yes. a lot of that happened at about 3 o'clock on Friday. Yeah. It did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which was and the awesome. thing that really um, I was thrilled to, to see in action was every time a new item showed up, if I was anywhere around Kelly when it was happening, because I just sent everybody to Kelly. I, I wasn't, you know, don't, don't even look at me because I don't know what's going on there. I don't know what she can handle last minute. And it was, oh, good, another item, yes. And Renee had fabulous ideas. Oh, oh she, was she such, did. Such a help. She, was, she um, did. She's like, let me judge this. Let me figure out what we need I to props. I have stuff at home. I, and, I can yeah. bring something back and do something with yeah. this. And they were, Brian and Renee were an absolute joy to, to work with and have in our meetings and um, just to listen to their ideas and just genuinely wanted it, wanted to help, just wanted nothing else but just to come yeah. in and help. And it was great having them on board. I, I know think, we talked. Oh, sorry, Larry. I was just going to share from my perspective. I mean, every time I turned around, there was a Hayward Team Hayward showed up big. They showed up strong. They were there, whatever you needed. Um, in fact, they were anticipating next steps. And so um, I had a great team that I worked with. So. I was going to say it's so helpful that so many of them are techie and to use the equipment that you were able to bring in from, from Rainbow Connection and, and know and, you know, to be able to check people out in a timely process because, um, again, that is not one of my strengths and, and mm -hmm. probably not even one of my husband's that even though he was running and could help, just not anything that we could give you support on. So it was mm -hmm. wonderful to have so many people that really mm -hmm. knew the program and knew what, what we were going to be doing. Yeah, to, that's to just Kelly, had, uh, they're talking about Kelly had brought in iPads to use for the credit card payment because who uses checks, who uses paper anymore? Everyone's got credit cards. Right. So I looked, at, I looked at that. I was like, oh, did the church got iPads? And it's like, no, Kelly brought those. I was like, oh, that's awesome. The church needs these because these are convenient. Yes. And, Little and plug there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Team Hayward are our four children with their spouses. So we mm -hmm. recruited, and that was Kelly, Kelly's um, wonderful idea. She said, just get a babysitter for the grandchildren and bring them all in. And they came in willingly. Kicking and screaming. No, I was. <laughs> we did miss one Hayward though. Miss Emily was not uh, was not oh, in attendance true. when we we that's certainly true. missed her presence, but she had business at home to to tend to, and mm -hmm. um, and that's okay. So to me, the highlight of the evening um, were the Overtons. If you wanted to share a little bit about that, Larry. The uh, keynote speaker, for lack of a better term, was uh, Grandma Michelle Overton. Uh, I had invited them to share their testimony, um, and we were talking back and forth about the format of that, how to, to do that, and uh, uh, anybody that knows Michelle knows that uh, she is, well, how can I delicately put it? Um, on the emotional scale, she's not a flatliner, uh, and, and she just said, in order, in order to be comfortable up there, I'm just not going to be comfortable. It's just Graham and I talking. Uh, Larry, would you do an interview-style format? Perfect. That was such a great idea because mm -hmm. uh, people relate to that. 
and it turned out to be a great idea. I'll, I'll be honest and, and say that my first reaction was, no. I didn't tell her that. I said, well, let me think about it, and I'll get back to you. And mm-hmm. what I did very often when I think about it is bounce that idea off of my wife. And I did, and she said, that's a great idea. <laughs> I knew I know Michelle, and it took a lot of pressure off of her. She was very nervous about getting up there and spilling her whole story and Graham's story. So I think it helped to have her... Some kind of structure. Yeah. yeah. I think she was most yeah. worried about just kind of rambling on and mm-hmm. and keeping it together and just kind of keeping it in some kind of order. Yeah. I, that's difficult to do. And you can write it out, but when you're just staying... You don't want to stand up there and read it either. So... Uh, and, and Graham, too. I think it was, in, he was nervous, yeah. too. Yeah, he, he was. He was. Um, it ended up being a great idea, even if I didn't recognize it at first. Yeah. I needed some help to recognize how good it was. Um, but uh, the three of us worked on it. Uh, I came up with a set of questions that I was going to ask them. I gave that ahead of them, ahead of time to both of them. Uh, they wrote out their answers. Uh, they, they had it written out. We even had a rehearsal two days beforehand, uh, went through everything. And, and so uh, I told them that I would incorporate their answers into my sheet that I was going to have up there that night so that even if they deviated from it, I'd be able to ask a follow-up question to bring them back to the material that they wanted to, to cover. And that helped them again relax at least until they got there that night. <laughs> um, and, and I can understand, it, it's, uh, this was an intense time in their lives. Um, if you're not familiar with the story that they, they shared, I'll just give you a Reader's Digest condensed version of it, but um, when Graham's father passed away, I think it was six, seven, eight years uh, before the, the time of their testimony, uh, that just sent him in a tailspin, and he started drinking and drinking a lot. And he, he just gave in to alcoholism, and we, he was drinking every night, and he just was not a pleasant drunk. And Michelle did everything she could, but she was a classic codependent enabler. Um, very few, if any, people in the church were aware of it because she did everything she could to cover up for him and to keep that a uh, in-the-house secret. Um, and uh, you know, Graham thought that, you know, well, things aren't that bad because everything that Michelle was doing, trying to hold things together, and then uh, it, it just culminated where uh, her two children, two of her three children just said something to her within a short time of each other that, uh, you know, what's going on with dad and he smells all the time and, and that just really hit her that, okay, if it's affecting my children, something's got to happen. So she basically kicked him out of the house and he instantly sobered up, but he didn't necessarily get rid of the uh, ugliness. Um, and, and so he came immediately to me for, for counseling and, and we started off, uh, one time with all three of us there and then Michelle was just done. She just said, I'm, I'm so sick and tired of 
Graham's selfishness. And so she just said, you do whatever you can with them. I'm out. And so just to condense the, the story, it took about six months for Graham to stop looking at everything from how inconvenient it was for him and how much he didn't like it, that he was out of the house and you know, what his problems are to looking at it from her perspective. And once he started doing that, then he started doing things that, that helped to plant seeds that would lead to them reconnecting. Uh, she was in a, a, a friendship, an emotional relationship with somebody that would listen to her and was saying all of the things that she was looking to hear. And um, it, it just, you know, things were barreling towards a divorce. Uh, she had gone ahead, and, uh, Michelle had filed for divorce, and it was... Uh, Coming towards the culmination of uh, the end of uh, the summer of 2017. And um, again, just to condense the, the, the story, uh, but a week before uh, it was going to be finalized, uh, she just had a God moment and really was crying out to God what to do because Graham was all of a sudden acting nice. It was the gram she had wanted and begged and pleaded for, but she was scared. Was this just a ploy? Was he going to change if she let him back in? And she just cried out to God, and God said, don't do it. Don't go through with it. And she knew exactly what he meant. And as an act of obedience, she immediately made the decision she's calling off the divorce and let Graham know that and decided that she would give Graham the chance that he had been begging for and, and wanting, still not knowing if anything was going to be different once he moved back in. And I really commend her for that uh, faithfulness, just an act of obedience. She, she, she didn't wait for her feelings because her feelings, she was still scared still unsure, still just didn't know how things were going to turn out. And when I heard that she had canceled the divorce, when I heard that they were getting back together, I, I, you know, she got in touch with me immediately. Graham did immediately. I said, guys, we need to sit down, and we need to start working on things that led you to the relationship that you have. And they were more than willing to, and they, they, they both jumped on it. Um, but it, it probably was a good six months later before the dust finally settled. Uh, one of the big things that, that was a tremendous help was when uh, Jody invited Michelle to a, uh, a women's Bible study that's covering the, uh, uh, the material from uh, Emerson Agrich's ministry, Love and Respect. And the, the Bible study, it, it's, or the small group curriculum, is called Respectfully Yours. And it's, it's designed to help teach wives how to respect their husbands. Um, and that was an eye-opener for, for Michelle. And uh, so um, where they're at now is they're better than they've been in a long time, but they've got to still keep working at it. But I agree with you. Uh, 
Kelly, that was a, a highlight of the evening, just them taking 20, 25, 30 minutes of sharing their stories. First time that they had shared it publicly uh, in that setting. And um, to this day, neither one of them has any idea what they said. Mm -hmm. They were just in a fog. Um, I thought they did fabulous. They answered the questions that I asked. They kept on track. They, they got their points across that they wanted to. Uh, I thought that everybody in the audience was just riveted to the, their testimony. Uh, we, had, we heard some good things after that as well from some couples that were there that it touched them, the story touched them, um, and uh, some good positive feedback from that. So um, that's kind of what Harmony in the Home, the goal is, is to be able to get into those churches that have people, marriages that are on the rocks, to try to get them back to a point of reconciliation. Yeah. I believe that there are Graham and Michelle's at um, everywhere. Everywhere. In the community and in other churches. And, and that's one of the, 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 the purposes of Harmony in the Home. And it's one of the purposes. I was able to help Graham and Michelle. They were a part of this church. I know I was employed by this church. But what about the Graham and Michelle's and other churches? Uh, what the about smaller the, churches, the ones yeah, that, yeah. that don't have a marriage pastor. Yeah. And, and so one of the, the uh, bullet points that, that Harmony is, is starting off with right now is the, the desire to come alongside churches that don't have a staff position whose primary responsibility is, is marriage and parenting. Uh, because if, if a church does not have that in a staff position, then typically it's um, done either by a lay person who may be retired and may have a lot of time or may be fully employed with a lot of children at home and they're, they've got a great passion for it, but they may not have a lot of time in their schedule. Uh, other possibilities, it's the, uh, the children's pastor and marriage. Uh, and, and basically that person is employed to do children's ministry and oh by the way we need to do something for this and the senior pastor doesn't want to so he assigns it to the, the children's pastor. Or the church consists uh, of the senior pastor and among everything else he's doing marriage ministry. So in any of those settings there, there's really not a dedicated person that's got the time the passion, and necessarily the skills to be able to help. And, and as much as, as they all would like to. And, and so those are the churches that I'm going to be targeting. Um, one of them in particular, uh, the River of God Church in Romeo, pastored by uh, Kevin Cook. I've already talked with him because his church perfectly fits that description. Uh, and, and when I met with him the first time, he said he'd be, It'd be a fool not to take advantage of that uh, because I'll come in and, and basically I'll be available as a, uh, you know, Harmony will come along, offer marriage ministry consulting, and we will work with whatever the pastor wants to do. If they want to have marriage mentor couples, we can train them, we can equip them, we can organize the ministry, we can get that set up for them. If they want to do uh, marriage counseling, I can help with whoever's doing the counseling with extra training and equipping for them. But just we want to come alongside them, want to help them so that 
after Harmony has gotten there, they've got more resources, they've got more tools, they've got uh, better equipment uh, within the, the people that are, are doing the ministry. I'm not looking to come in and start doing counseling for the other churches, not looking to go in there and start doing marriage ministry of the other church, but I want to assist them. And then uh, I'm still local. I'm available for questions, for follow-ups. Uh, I want to keep in contact with the, the people and, and just uh, walk alongside them. And you're also going to address child training. That as well, uh, in addition to that, because the, the name of the ministry, Harmony in the Home, it incorporates both the, the husband-wife relationship or, and or the, uh, the parent-child relationship. And it may well be a single-family home, single-parent uh, home. You know, that's even uh, doubly hard on the one parent, uh, parenting the children. Um, and I've also got a uh, series of meetings at the River of God Church where I'm going to be going over principles of parenting uh, four different nights in, uh, in August, the second, third, fourth, and fifth Wednesdays in August. Um, going to be taking over their, their Wednesday night service talking about principles of parenting. So one of the reasons we had the support dinner was because you want to do this free of charge to those churches. Yes, um, because if we're talking, it, it's generally going to be the medium to smaller size churches that don't have a staff position. They don't have resources. They don't have the, the excess funds. Uh, churches that size don't have money lying around. And I, I, I've been in churches long enough to know that if I contact the senior pastor and say, hey, I want to help you out, and I'm looking for a paycheck, I'm just not going to get in the door. Not easily, not quickly. But if I can call them up and say, hey, I want to help you out, and I'm not looking for a paycheck. I've got uh, support raised. It, it basically, as I shared that night, it's, it's just like uh, somebody that's working with uh, Campus Crusade that, or any other uh, you know, evangelistic organization or missions organization where that person raises their own support. And, and so that's what we're, we're doing at Harmony is to raise the support to get the funds to come in so that we can go into the churches without having to charge them for those services. And so one of the goals, um, if I understand correctly, is that you are going to cut your hours back here at Lake Point so you can eventually spend more time into those other churches and still be financially uh, secure, exactly. if you will, yes. right? Yeah. Uh, one of the things that's been interesting over the last uh, 14, 15 months is I've been working on Harmony. Uh, I've been doing it in addition to the full-time work at Lake Point. And, and at times I've been a little bit frustrated because I haven't felt that I've had as much time as I've wanted to, to be able to. Um, but in talking with, with Pastor Bob, with the leadership at Lake Point here, um, we're all in agreement that uh, come this September I'll be reducing my time at Lake Point by 25% or 10 hours a week and uh, both uh, time and salary, and then we'll be uh, looking to add that time into uh, Harmony in the Home, and I am trusting and believing that the 
we will have the support raised by then. Uh, so far, the ministry is in the black. We were able to do the dinner and everything that was raised that night, took care of the expenses of the dinner and all of the startup costs for the ministry because that was substantial. Um, and uh, several people that night uh, pledged monthly support in addition to a, a number of one-time donations. Uh, I've been talking to some other churches uh, asking them if they would put me on their support on a, uh, on a monthly basis. And so that's what we're going to be working on for the next, um, you know, several months leading up to the, the changeover in September. Exciting. It is exciting. I'm excited to see, you know, the other churches that we'll be able to get into and, and just um, uh, to help them and support them and, and, really changing people's lives in what ways would you say the listeners listening to this podcast can support you we've looked for support in three different areas as i mentioned the night of the uh, the, the kickoff dinner um, we're looking for help with a prayer team i firmly believe that um, there needs to be prayer for the churches that we're working with, the couples that we're ministering to, and also for the leadership of Harmony in the Home. And so anybody that wants to can just uh, you know, let us know. Um, they can go to our website, harmonyinthehome.org, and there's uh, forms on there that you can, you can communicate to us that you're interested in helping out. The prayer team is one way you can support. Uh, the second way that you can support is, um, uh, I, I call it with quotation marks, the advertising team. And what I mean by that is, if you know of churches that fit that description, what we talked about earlier, uh, they don't have a staff position that part of their primary responsibility is, is marriage and family, then I'd simply ask that you uh, let us know uh, the name of the pastor and the name of the church, but then also talk to the church if you know them and uh, let them know that uh, they're going to receive a, a call from uh, Harmony in the Home and that you think it would be worth their while to uh, just take 30 minutes to listen to what he has to say. See if you think that would be a help. So that's the second way that they could help. And the third way is with financial support. Um, we do have... Um, a, uh, a page on our website where you can make a donations directly to uh, Harmony in the Home. And it, what a really, after, I mean, I, we'll take any support, any donation, uh, but what we're really looking for are the uh, regular monthly commitments um, because that's the backbone of any nonprofit organization. Um, that, uh, and that's just the way that it's set up. If the, the government's going to give tax credit for it, then they're looking for you to act like a nonprofit and not act like a for-profit sale. So, uh, for example, if I'm going to be doing counseling, I'm not going to set it up like a counseling office and charging full price. No, that will also be um, discounted. So we are looking for support in those three areas, prayer, advertising, and financially. So, Peggy, we're going to jump over to you. When Pastor Larry brought up this idea of, all right, I want to do this 
you know, uh, I should go back a couple of years ago. We were part of a church. We grew up in Oakland Community Church, the the Pink Church, and then Oxford Community Church. Right, and then yeah. Pastor Larry said, "All right, I want to start my own church." So we went from this big, huge church to we started this little tiny church. Okay, so we were part of uh, you're right, Oakland Christian Church. That's right. And uh, my husband wanted to start a church, which is a big venture because at the time. We had um, grade school, middle school, and Tim here was in high school. Mm -hmm. So as you can imagine, we're looking at college. And I was working, um, was I working? I was working part-time because I was trying to keep up with four children and all their activities. Um, so it was a big, it, he had actually brought it up when, eight years before that. And I looked at him full of faith and said, so what you're telling me is we just are building a house, so we're tripling our mortgage. We just had our third child, and you are going, then we're not going to have an income. <coughs> so we waited eight years. And so after eight years, we started Oxford Community Church, and it was going well. We went for nine years. Nine years. Miss Kelly it, here was one of the, yes. uh, the startup Yes, Kelly team. and her husband, Chris, yes. were part of the, the startup team. Yes. And Jody, uh, before she was married, was uh, one of our newer members, one of our first members. Uh, People First one along. to get yeah. married at Oxford Community. Oh, well, yeah. Norman yeah. Lisa Marie were, was part of the startup team. And yes, they were. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A couple other people. And Tim was our, he was 15, and he was our loyal um, sound, tech. Uh, sound tech. He would get up the earliest, which yeah. if you knew Tim, that was a miracle in itself. Mm -hmm. I still hate mornings. Yeah. And he would be at the uh, middle nice. school where we met. Setting up now. everything. So then, so there's that. And then fast forward to we are merged with Christ the King, which is another story. Um, and then we come up with, or Larry comes up with, I really have this heavy on my heart. Um, took me by surprise. Um, but I knew what we were getting into. And... I told him, I said, well, if this is what God wants us to do, uh, he will provide. Because we're reaching near retirement age. The good news and bad news is we're reaching near retirement age, yet we have a lot of experience and we have a lot of background. We have a good marriage and we have four really wonderful children that... Um, um, it, it's been a journey. Mm -hmm. um, but they are all doing well, so we feel like we have something to offer, and uh, only by the grace of God, sometimes. Um, so yeah, so here we are in our new adventure. I couldn't even begin to have done anything that I've done in ministry over the years without the full support of uh, Peggy. And uh, once again, when I brought this up, um, she was a, a wonderful combination of practical questions, what about this, what about that, and at the same time with full support. And didn't make you wait eight years this time. 
<laughs> no. no, but this change was um, not near as severe. <laughs> Okay, we're um, we'll just edit this part out. Da, da, da. About forty minutes or so. Anything else anyone want to bring up? So we're. I think um, if you could focus a lot on the children, because just in the light of everything happening in the United States with the school shootings and what's going on in the families and raising children, and I see an Oxford mom chatter that they have. Really, I see a lot of difficulties with how do we deal with this and how do we deal with this and um, so people just don't know how to raise their kids. They don't anymore. They we, don't. My generation, no. we do not know. No, we're 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 in a society where we we're we've kind of got the effect of the the people. You know, my generation um, that have just kind of stumbled through the, the 60s and let's throw out everything. Um, and we're not going to go with uh, standards from the past. We're not going to go with what our parents did. And, and so now it's their children that are in their 30s and 40s that are raising the generation of, of children we have. And... Uh, I, I love Dr. Dobson's book, uh, James Dobson, the founder of uh, Focus on the Family. Parenting isn't for cowards. Parenting is by far the hardest thing that I have ever done. And um, just to, to, to understand that there are principles of relationship that you can't violate if you want to have harmony in the home. And um, it, it's so challenging because you start off with a newborn where you control everything. And that will work for a time. About two years has been my experience. Yes. And then after that, that little bundle of blessing wants to exert its independence. And, and the, the challenge is on. How do you... Uh, as Dr. Dobbins would say, how do you shape the will without breaking the spirit? And our generation doesn't know how to do that. No. We, mm -hmm. we just don't. And unless you've had uh, a great upbringing, and, and there's a handful of people that have, you know, uh, your kids, you know, you've raised and shaped them well, but many of us have, many of us have not been. And I think you put social media into the mix. Mm. Um, there's a lot of distractions. There's more distractions for parents in this day and age. You've got your social media. You've got your Facebook. You've got your... Um, you've got everything. And they feel judged. They, because you always put your best foot forward on Facebook a lot of times. And then another parent reads that and they think, well, I didn't. I'm not doing that well, and I'm not, you know. So I, I think it goes both ways where um, they're distracted by social media, and it tends to make them feel inferior. And so you kind of don't do anything at all then, and then the kids are running wild, and, um, and then you have uh, the issues that we have in the United States today. So 
we have to address it at the home level. So one of the, the uh, primary facets of Harmony of the Home in addition to the husband-wife relationship is the, the parenting relationship, the parent-child relationship, and that's going to receive equal uh, attention. Um, any of the churches that I'm working with on the, the marriages, I'm also going to offer them to uh, cover a, a parenting class in whatever format would fit with that church. But I also want to go to uh, the community. Um, and I'm going to uh, uh, check in with both the uh, Oxford uh, Township Parks and Recs and also the, the Orion uh, Township, um, just the, the adult education facet, and offer just some practical parenting classes that will just cover some of the principles of parenting. Uh, one of the books in, in particular that I um, will probably make uh, a lot of use out of is, is a very simple but deeply profound book uh, written by Dr. Kevin Lehman called Have a New Kid by Friday. That's one of my absolute favorite. That's so practical. Mm -hmm. and, and I'll have to be honest, when I first saw that title, and I believe that was the first of the series, he's done a lot of Have a New Husband by Friday, Have a New uh, Teenager by Friday. I think the first one he came out was Have a New Kid by Friday. I laughed at it. I, I just, I, I, I thought that's ridiculous. Um, didn't do anything about it until one uh, used book sale that I saw that book and I thought well I can I can afford a dollar for it and uh, I picked it up and read it and I thought oh my gosh this simplifies it so much he really covers just I, and the book's a fairly small book it's a small paperback it's a quick read it, it's yeah. an easy a quick easy read very easy yeah. read very practical uh, in fact the the meat of his book is only the first third of the book uh, after that you're done and the last two-thirds is Kevin Lehman answers your questions about and then umpteen dozen different subjects. What about homework? What about eating? What about uh, going to bed? What about, what about, what about? But he boils it down into just, I, I think it's about three simple principles that if parents can get those down, it's going to have more harmony in the home. It's a game changer, right? It, it is. I remember when I had Eric and I was 20, I thought, well, I've babysat since I was 11 years old. Of course I can have a baby. I know how to bathe a baby. I know how to change a baby. Um, I can feed a baby for sure. Uh, this is like no big deal. And so right about two years old is when you start to realize, oh, it's a big deal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, and not having those, those principles myself I really had just a really tough time most of his elementary and middle school and high school years and that book was one of how old was he when you when you got hold of that book oh he was in his teens I want to say probably okay. 13 14 okay and the biggest thing that I remember from that was just um just showing them just basic respect and uh, th there's other principles in there, but for me, that was um, just showing him the same respect that I would want him to give me. I was a very much an authoritarian parent, which 
in itself is... Sure, the, the control that you started off with works good up until two and certainly doesn't work at 13 because the goal is to, to train them to be independent. Right. To train them to control themselves. Right. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, that was a tough thing, tough thing for me. And so those principles that he yeah. talked about in that book were just... And I had done lots and lots of other things. I had done other teachings, other books, um, anything I could get my hands on. I was I was doing and reading and learning and going to. And yeah. um, but that was. And one of Dr. Lehman's basic principles is: okay, if you've got a relationship between a parent and a child, and the parent wants the relationship to change, they want the the children's behavior to change there's only one person in that relationship that the parent can control. Mm -hmm. And it's not the child. And you know, it's the same thing in marriage. It really is. It really is. And, yes. and it's, it's hard to discern, do you talk about marriage more? Or do you talk about parenting more? Because and the answer to that question is yes. Yes, because you have to have a good marriage to have good mm -hmm. parenting, and you have to have good parenting to have a good marriage, it's... Um, and then there's a single parenting thrown into the mix. And I've done that, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which you, you know how difficult that is. Absolutely. But, but I, I like the point that you said there, Jody, that the principle is the same in any relationship. If you want the relationship to, to be different, if you want it to grow, if you want... There's only one person that you can control. And that's in a friend relationship. Yeah, that's yeah, in a, yeah. a boss relationship, you yeah, know, a boss employee. Yeah. It's in any relationship that you And have. I don't know how many times I've, I've said in a counseling situation, particularly if I'm working with just one of the, the couples, I said, give your spouse something different to respond to. Yeah. Because if you don't change, they probably won't. If a parent doesn't change, there's very little chance that the child's going to change. In some sense, instances, I feel bad that um, that Katie gets the the more mature mom, and Eric Eric was my guinea pig. <laughs> That's with any first child, right, Tim? Mm -hmm. any it, first it, it took a long time to train you guys. <laughs> I, I have said for years talking about other people's children, but it fits with mine that uh, parents are very difficult to raise these days. Mm -hmm grandparents are even harder yeah so i had the, the first two grandkids so that it's like our mom dad you guys are yes. grandparents now Let, let's work on this and yes yes this is a whole nother ball game yes it is and and uh, i've always said parents need to be the person they want their child to become because so many parents want to train their children to do what's right yet they don't want to do what's right themselves. Well, and, and that's in every aspect. It is. From our generation coming into parenting, most of us don't even know who we are. And mm -hmm. certainly at 20, you don't know who you are. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, com coming into the parenting, if you're just, if you've come from a, a dysfunctional home or a broken home or, and you you've haven't had, uh, you can come from a broken home and still have had good godly upbringing and and still be okay but some of us didn't have any of that so um, if you don't know who you are you really aren't going to know how to raise your children no. and no. then you get married and that's another and whole and then you've got a blended family and and you really still don't know who you are and you're trying to raise children and you're trying to be a wife and uh, trying to figure out who you are still. 
It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, and uh, it's it can be difficult yeah. to have harmony. But that's that's what harmony in the home is is out there for. Right. We're we're here to help. Uh, we're here to help churches. We're here to, here to help individuals. Uh, individuals or churches can contact us on the website harmonyinthehome.org, and we'd be more than glad to come alongside and do whatever we can to help. You have a, a distinct. Um, Are we can edit it. You have a distinct personality to make men feel comfortable. The last thing most men want to do is sit down with somebody for counseling. <clears throat> yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's just, um, that's been a given from day one. And so I've, I've, Realize, you know, I've, I've got to reach them to get them to have some level of comfort. It's a plus if they even get in the door and sit down with a man. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to make them feel uncomfortable once they're in that chair. Uh, there's very few men that have said, I need counseling, but my wife won't come. <laughs> have there been any? <laughs> There have been a few, really, okay. but uh, that is the the minority. Yeah, yeah. What what I uh, half jokingly, but there's not a whole lot of joking. Is usually pretty serious. Uh, or, or just this fits a lot. Is, is if I'm talking marriage counseling, and uh, obviously one of the 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 two contacts me for. Uh, to set up the initial meeting. And, and of course, the first question is, is your spouse going to come? And, and you know, usually I can tell that they're, you know, by how they're talking about it, that yes, you know, the spouse is coming also. Uh, but typically in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, okay, the, the person that contacted me first to set up the initial appointment, they're basically coming there because they're wanting me to fix their spouse. And they're, they're sitting down with the attitude right across me, okay, Larry, fix my spouse and I can remember one couple in particular that um, the the husband contacted me and first meeting to sit down with both of them and I thought things were going relatively smoothly setting up establishing rapport and towards the end I, I, I said that um, well can we agree with this statement that both of you are doing things that are leading to lack of harmony in the home. And at least on surface level, they both agreed to that and said, okay, so I'll, I'll be wanting to talk with both of you throughout the, the counseling time, and, and you know, you'll have things to work on. And looking at the husband, I said, you'll have things to work on looking at the wife. Well, I found out later that when the husband called me and said, uh, it's just going to be you and me for a while now, that the wife left that meeting and said, I'm not going back. I can definitely say that's what, having gone to you, my husband and I, um, in the past, we've been married, it'll be 12 years this year, 13 Mm. years ago this weekend, we met at Grove and Oaks. Yep. So having been in that counseling seat, um, I can say that uh, it's, it is appreciated that you 
don't seem to take sides. Even, even you know, we got married after I had known you a number of years. Yes. And I kind of sort of wanted you to be on my side. Absolutely. I wanted you to say, <laughs> yeah, I'm okay if you tell me some things that I'm doing wrong. No problem. Of course, I'm doing a few things wrong. But really, you know, it was probably the bulk of him. And so I really wanted you to kind of work on that. And, and you really had no problems telling me exactly what I was doing wrong, but yet maintaining that respect to yes. him. And that's what kept Chuck coming back because he knew he was never going to be disrespected uh, by you for sure. Right. And he always felt comfortable in talking mm -hmm. to you. And um, so it's, uh, it's, it's appreciated by the men, your, uh, your take on it, mm -hmm. your, your approach. That's what I want to say. Yeah. yeah definitely. Mm -hmm. Makes it safe for them. And, and that's that's what I want. It, it, it's uh, nobody wants to get uh, blindsided or uh, to hear that everything is is all on them. It's all their fault. No, uh, and they're not doing anything right. Because um, it's not. I mean, no, that, no that's not what accurate. Either one of you think it's really not yeah. all one person's fault. No, it really no. is. And I, I have yet to find anybody. Uh, I mean, everybody that I come across in in ministry uh, all these years of. Uh, pastoring, uh, everyone is a combination. Everyone has their pluses, their good sides, their good points, their strengths, and everybody's got their warts. And uh, a lot of times uh, I, I tell people, um, you need to choose what you're going to focus on. Which hill are you going to die on? And if, if you focus only on your spouse's faults or your children's faults, um, that will actually demotivate them to make any improvements, make any changes. That's what Kelly and I love about the Respectfully Yours is that it really um, does not demote your, d demean your husband in any way. It really does talk about what you can do to motivate him and, mm -hmm. and actually the nagging and all of the things that we as women think are going to help really demotivates them. It really doesn't. Yeah. And, it's a, it's a great teaching, and so you kind of come alongside of that and tell us that, too, and yeah. eventually we get it. I can remember when uh, Kelly and Jody uh, came to me with the, the idea and the desire to do the Respectfully Yours uh, small group, and I'm not sure exactly how, what I said in response, but my thinking was, how quickly can you start that? Because uh, I, I just know that, I mean, Typically speaking, the message has been broadcast for a long time that men don't understand love. And, and I will accept that message as valid. Um, you know, the, the, the one scripture verse that uh, sums up the marriage relationship, Ephesians 5.33, the husband must love his wife, the wife must respect her husband two different instructions. And, and I, I get it. Us guys own it. We don't understand love. But a message that hasn't gone out anywhere near as far and as wide, but is equally as true, and that is that wives don't understand respect. Absolutely mm -hmm. not. And um, it's a hard, a hard culture 
our culture is very hard to, to it, learn it, what it, that it, is. It is. I don't know that it's going to be any easier in any other culture because as I look at it, okay, God put a love gene inside of you ladies. You get love, you understand love, you know love, you can see love, you smell love, you smell not love, um, and you get it. But he put a respect gene inside of guys. 50% of the world's population understands respect. It's just it's the guys. They, we may not be able to verbalize it, but we certainly can spot it when it happens, and we definitely can spot disrespect when that happens. And, and so God creates us, God equips us with that, and then he very interestingly says, okay, men, you are to love your wives. Wives, you are to respect your husbands. So he's given us instruction, and it's almost like it. you, you can say, but you're not giving me the equipment to do it. Because I, I didn't understand how to love Peg. I most of what I learned about understanding how to love Peg was through Peg and our hello talks that we would have. I'd, I'd like to tell him what to do. <laughs> and uh, she would tell me what to do when I would step on her toes in, in a non-loving manner. Now, you would step on my toes in a non-loving manner or I would tell you what to do in a non-loving manner? I would step on your toes in a not loving manner. I just wanted to clarify that. I'm glad you did because that was not at all what I meant the, the, the other way. Um, but I, I just, I didn't know. And that's growing up in a very uh, God-centered uh, home with a very good marriage example in front of me. Right. I had a lot to learn. But it's equally true that women have a ton to learn about respect and uh, if that's your requirement in marriage you got to learn it somewhere and, and absolutely if you're not learning it in your home you should at the very least be learning it in your church and a lot Amen. of it is being willing I mean we have to be willing to change we have to be willing to to step out and say okay you know what I'm not doing something right um we need I need to change and one of Larry's favorite cartoons I don't think you have that up I, I it got misplaced okay. somewhere in all of the moves along the way and in, in back of his desk or in front of his desk somewhere in the office it was a cartoon um, about a counselor and he was sitting behind his desk and there was two people in front and they were wearing t-shirts and he said mm -hmm, I can see the problem and both of the people had a t-shirt on that said in a heart it said I love me <laughs> and the counselor said yes I think I see the problem here <laughs> that is that is so very very true we have to be willing to, to die to ourselves to be able to yeah. love or respect mm -hmm. our, our spouses yeah. in the way that we're called to and one of the things that, that makes it uh, so hard is that um, I, I've heard this statement before. I don't know who uh, originally said it, so I can't give credit for him, but it wasn't original with me. But the, the most selfish person in the world is someone in pain. Hurt people hurt people. Yes, they do. And, and uh, I mean, just think about the last time that, that you were 
uh, got up in the middle of the night because you had to use the, the bathroom and you stubbed your toe on your way over there. Um, all of a sudden, you're making noise, you're making loud noise, you're jumping up and down, you're, you're, you know, is there someone else trying to sleep in the room or in the house with you? You're not focused on anybody else, you're focused on yourself. And, and, and couples will come to me, parents and children will come to me, and they're in pain. And, and sometimes, or very often, you've got to deal with the pain first before they can open up their eyes to see themselves, to see what they're adding to the relationship that's, that's toxic. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so I think we're about ready to wrap up. Um, so you mentioned the website, harmonyandhome.org. Do you have a phone number, or is the website the best way to contact you? Website's the best way to contact me. I don't have, I do have a phone number, do have a phone it's not fully functional yet. So, okay. so the website for any yes. to join the prayer team, the advertising team, to if they have a church, anything go through the website. Or mm -hmm. to donate. Mm -hmm. Yes. On the website is also the uh, our email address, info at harmonyofthehome.org. Right. Uh, if somebody Easy wants enough. to email and, instead of... Uh, um, contacting through the website uh they can certainly do that mm -hmm. as well okay very good well uh i also want to mention the have a new kid by friday book is available in the church library brought to you by peggy hayward and i'm actually going through that right now so no. it will be in the library when tim, is done with tim gets by, through with it and returns by it. the time this podcast is out it, it should uh, should, it should be, be back, back. I actually think of i have a copy in my library welcome to borrow it but, but it's there, so you don't even have to spend the dollar. And it was, I just got through the first day of Monday, and then that, I was able to start that with my kids, and that was a big change. It was very just, the stress level on some certain situations dropped, and that was awesome. So And, and, and along with the classes, there's, there's more than just have a new kid by Friday. There's different tips and different I, uh, practical things to do with your kids that, Pastor Larry teaches about. Mm -hmm. Yep, so check that out. There's also a couple other marriage and kids books there. So I want to thank everyone for joining me. Um, I know you have a couple events coming up. We'll probably sit down with you again, bring you guys back in, and hear what happened on the event. So that would be interesting to hear. We'd be glad to come back at any Super time. Super excited about the next one now that we have Mm -hmm. Yes, <laughs> the and then next bells. board dinner, and you know what to, yeah, what no, to expect yeah, we're, now. We're already planning. We've already got uh, a date for, for stuff, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's good. It should be fun. Well, and that is all the time we have for now home. Look forward to seeing you guys Sunday mornings at 9 or 11, and join us next month for more Lake Point Community. I'm your host, Tim Hayward. Thank you for spending your time with us. Oh.